Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Prog Report podcast. If you've been keeping up on new releases that are coming out this year, then you know that one of the exciting debut releases in a long time to come out is the See Within self-titled debut. Of course, that's the new supergroup featuring Royna Stolt, Jonas Reingold, Daniel Gildenlow, Tom Breslin, Casey McPherson, and our guest today, the incredible drummer, Marco Miniman. Marco, how you doing? I am very, very well. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Good, good. Uh, so how have you been? What's What's been going on? I know you've been doing a lot of a lot of traveling. Are you back at home now and, and taking some time? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I just got back from Japan. I did like a few things there and uh, uh, had a few shows like a drum camp and then also a few clinics and two and also two shows with uh, friends of mine. So we did a trio. And um, yeah, that was that. And now I'm here recording uh, my ass off uh, for multiple things. It's kind of one of these things. When I'm off the road for a few weeks, then um, people seem to find out about it. And then I get like a lot of calls and, re- and, and, and requests for like, hey, can you do this production? Can you do that production? And can you do this? And I go like, well, you know, yeah, you know, I have my drums always set up here and ready so I can just you know, just on the fly record and send files out. So it's like a very comfortable way of working right. for me and a very easy way to make money too. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's good. These days, you're, you're one of the lucky ones, I guess. You know, I wanted to ask, ask you, that's a good a good way to segue to a question that, um, you know, you've been doing this for, for a long time now, but when did you start to see that you were becoming this high in-demand you know, studio musician or, or, or guy that was getting a lot of calls. I mean, your reputation must have started to build somehow. When when did that start to happen? Oh, well, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I cannot really define a point there. It's kind of, you know, strange because I always did music and uh, and one thing led to the other, isn't it? You kind of, you know, make yourself a name. You play in one album, then you play in another album, then all of a sudden people hear of the other album you played on and so right. on and so forth. And it starts... It starts like an avalanche, you know, and um, it's a good thing, you know, and then when they hear you on different productions, if you play like, a, you know, let's say like a, a complicated like or complex like prog rock or jazz or, or classical production, but then you also deliver some pop productions, then people kind of all of a sudden go like, oh, cool, he's an all-rounder, we can kind of hire him for everything or something, you know, that is like when yeah. it really started, I guess, you know. It, it was really, but, but, you know, I guess in the 90s, that's when it already started, when I got hired by some major bands, you know, who were actually signed in, in Europe, you know, by BMG or something like that. And then that, that was the European thing. And then I started kind of doing studio work over there, and I played pretty much, pretty much with, with yeah, the most known names over there. Yeah. And, uh, and then over here, actually, it started with uh, 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 Paul Gilbert, uh, who I did a tour with in, in the late 90s. And then Mike Keneally, and then it led to other things. And then I played like a death metal band, like Necrophages and Creator. <laughs> I didn't know but then that. I, didn't I know also, you know, that's funny. You know, oh yeah, fully. Yeah, yeah, I'm fully metal. You know, like I played a lot of metal productions and still do. And uh, and then Eddie Jobson came out of the woodworks, you know, all of a sudden. And I remembered him, so we started touring with that guy. Then Joe Cetriani, now Alex Lifeson, and. You know, it's kind of a thing, you know, so I cannot really pinpoint when exactly it started. It's not like, you know, that you go like, you know, whoops, ah, now I'm in the studio world, you know, right, right, right. <laughs> now I'm a demand. It's like, you know, you kind of all of a sudden look in your selected discography online or when people point it out and you go like, 
holy shit. <laughs> <That was laughs> <out of albums. laughs> You've done a lot of albums. So, so, so again, so now you're in the prog rock world again with uh, the Sea Within, which is which is you know why we're talking, and uh, that album yeah. comes out June twenty second. From while we're talking, that's in a couple mm-hmm. of days. And, uh, you know, so when did you get the call for that? Who called you? How did you get involved? Yeah, that was a thing that happened with um, already years ago. It started, I think, like about like seven or, yeah, about like yeah, six years ago, six, seven years ago with uh, Jonas. And he called me if I wanted to uh, partake in playing on the new Flower Kings album. And, um, and I was on the road by that time with uh, Stephen Wilson and then also with my own band, The Aristocrats, and I just didn't have the time. And so, you know, we had to postpone that or put it on ice, and, but we kept it in mind, you know. And, uh, and last year, uh, he called me again and said, like, hey, I think, you know, there is, uh, <laughs> there's room in the world for, for one more super group, you know. <laughs> how, how about you? <laughs> I think that's what he literally wrote me. And I go, like, what? He was like, let's follow up on this. And I was like, you know what, why not? Because I was just going to India and uh, for another tour, actually, and this time with my own band. And and it was cool. It was like the perfect combination, you know, we, because we booked a studio then in London and it all fell into place. You know, so I thought like, man, you know what, I can combine this. That's great. Let's all, you know, write on songs and then uh, see how the chemistry flows in the studio together. Yeah, so... so uh it's clear on the album credits that everybody writes on this album, which is not always the case with these bands. And so was that something that was, was understood from the beginning? Did you say, Hey, I want to write or was it, Hey, let's all, let's all do it. I mean, how did that come about? Yeah, that was actually a, uh, you know, an open statement, you know, right from the get go, you know, from, uh, and also from Jonas, you know, when they, you know, started reaching out, uh, to me going like hey any ideas you have you know please send them over blah 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 blah. let's get everything together so like well yeah i have multiple songs you know so uh absolutely so we started sending stuff around and then picked the ones we wanted to work in first and i mean we we had to we had more material that we could work on there were like some songs you know that completely went under the radar and maybe you know there will be a c within part two you know so you never Mm -hmm. know then we kind of, you know, start working on more tracks, you know, but yes, that was the thing. Everybody brought songs to the table and I was uh, very conscious about what I would bring to the table because I'm, here's a funny bit. I am actually not really a prop guy. That's the funniest, that's the funniest thing. And, and uh, my roots are completely somewhere different. I mean, a lot of prop bands booked me, but um, I never really listened, you know, to, to much music like that. You know, I'm coming from, you know, my favorite bands are Queen, then Led Zeppelin, Kraftwerk and uh, then also like you know the whole metal scene you know I was totally you know uh, anchored in that and then also of course Frank Zappa or Ryuichi Sakamoto or Kate Bush those kind of things right yeah so um, I was never and I have to, com- to completely openly admit it I I don't think I know a single Yes album or something maybe maybe the ones with Trevor Rabin I like those actually better than the older <laughs> ones you know so people I know that I know for, for a lot of the prog fans I guess that would be a crime you better, yeah you better be like, careful oh, yeah, they like, might kick you out of the prog world now that they know this right 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 yeah. right I know you know so it was the funniest thing you know and uh, I mean I do like Justice Hotel but they're not really a prog band they're like you know more like folk or something you know other than that like you know Public Image Limited or something like that I like that kind of stuff so when I brought like songs to the table, I, I had them more actually in the rock world, you know, and, and 
I thought it was important, you know, to have like a few up-tempo songs or like a little bit part of that. And I guess Dan Daniel actually brought a little bit of that vibe too, so that we have like a good palette. You know, yeah. I think a lot of beautiful, beautiful material overall. Yeah, it's a it's a really diverse album. It, it there's a lot of different styles and you know shorter songs, longer songs. There's saxophone solos. It's all very much all over yeah. the place. With, with so many guys that can play with the ability that you guys have and the ideas that come and everybody has a million ideas at what point or did it ever happen where you're playing and you're 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 going through a song and and somebody says okay maybe that's too much you know maybe we should hold back here the song's getting a little out of hand oh yeah absolutely that happens you know a lot in the studio you know when we start playing and then we jam around on the part or something but i guess you know we're all you know i guess pretty much experienced and musically wise enough you know that we don't have to let out the fireworks all the time you yeah. know so we kind of know when to overplay and when to hold back and uh but you know there are also like certain songs you know and like you said correctly you know certain songs are just kind of straightforward and they should be straightforward and then there are certain sections you know where you can see like people would also expect us to deliver fireworks you know Right. That's part of the audience we entertain, right? But obviously, when you have a song like Goodbye, and you play a drum part or any part, you just kind of, you know, just support the song and the beauty of the song. So, you know. So where'd the riff from Goodbye come about? That's one of the memorable moments of the album for me. Who wrote that, that opening part? Man, you know what? I actually don't remember, to be very <laughs> honest, because what we did, because we all brought, you know, these things into the studio, and then we started working on them in the studio, playing them as a live band. And some, some stuff, you know, just got rearranged, you know, as we, it just <laughs> as we right, went it just along. happens. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that was like, you know, one question that I had earlier in the interview where the guy goes like, uh, Edward was like, like, hey, at the end of Goodbye, there's, always, there's, there's all of a sudden this surprise hit on the drums. So, and I thought it was cool. It was like very surprising. And what was the meaning behind it? I was like, <laughs> oh really there is a hit on the drums <laughs> i didn't even know i was like we must have we must have forgotten you know to turn off you know or, or, or we just left the tail end i guess and found it funny and you know and all of a sudden it was there you know right, right, right. kept it no, I know what he's talking sometimes about. Sometimes all these things happen. One of the yeah. the song that you wrote uh by yourself was uh the uh, an eye for an eye for an eye um was that yeah. something that you had previously that maybe you just hadn't hadn't recorded Yes, exactly. That was the thing that was an outtake from one of my solo albums. And uh, I, know, I, I didn't think that the song, <laughs> that was strange, you know, that, that, that it ended up on this album, because how I usually write, I write a bunch of songs, and then the ones, you know, that are well, good for a solo album, I'll put them on my solo album, then there are some of the songs where I think like, oh, you know what, that could fit for the aristocrat, and then I bring it to that table, and that Eye for an Eye song was... Um, was you know i i didn't know what to do with it i sort of liked the riff but it didn't fit into any of my projects but i sort of liked the song but i thought like this could be a cool band setting where we can just kind of you know do something with it and have like you know and mess around and i thought and and and, and that was the perfect setting i thought this is cool this is an up-tempo song and uh it has more of a rock vibe it kind of you know kicks some ass and um, I thought, yeah, I'll bring that for this band, you know, in. And, yeah. um, well, here we are. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, it's a great fit. Yeah. Um, so I also want to ask you. you about Casey McPherson coming on board. 
Uh, did he come on sort of at the end and and to sing a couple of songs? And then now I guess he's going to be in the live shows. He's going to be the main singer because Daniel's not available, right? So how did how did he come around? Yeah, yeah, that was exactly what you said. You just basically answered the question. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I'm asking yeah, the, you know. the, my questions are too long. I think no, 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 no. <laughs> the thing is, like you know, that that was exactly what that was. So so first of all, we had like actually Daniel uh, as a singer. And Jordan Rudis was playing as a keyboard player. And uh, and then Tom came around, actually. And it was like a whole different thing because it, there were like definitely scheduling problems. And we all had to find out who's available. And, and Tom was a great fit. And we all of a sudden was like, oh, yeah, you know what? This guy is great. So Jordan plays actually, uh, I think, a guest song or something like that, you know. But, yeah, so it, it's kind of funny. It was, first of all, scheduling, you know, uh, things. Jordan went on tour with Dream Theater, I guess, you know, he was unavailable, then Tom came in, then Daniel was available for the recordings, but not for the touring, and uh, yeah, and then Casey came in, so that is the one thing which is kind of, yeah, sometimes, you know, a little weird, obviously, because, you know, you want to go out on tour with the same lineup, and I guess, you know, for the first show uh, for the Lorelei Fest, uh, Jonas is not available because he's touring with uh, Steve Hackett. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's a, it's a bit crazy, isn't it? You know, you guys are all so busy. Um, I mean, this is the problem. Everybody books a million projects, and then everybody's too busy. Yeah. This is what's going on. Um, it no, that, really is. It yeah. really is. Yeah, that's funny. So uh, I want to ask you about some of the other stuff you got going on. Um, you know, the aristocrats have been, I guess, on a little bit of a break. What band coming back together soon? New music? What's going on there? Yeah, the aristocrats, um, we have been on a little hiatus, you know, because, um, again, scheduling stuff, you know, uh, lots of things going on, uh, uh, with each of our own, uh, uh, yeah, scheduling, you know, for example, Hans Zimmer for Guthrie, then, you know, Joe Satriani for Brian and myself, then I did doing something with Alex Lyson, the new album. So, yeah, these things kind of, you know, put the aristocrats on a little break, which was actually kind of important, too, because we were touring our asses off. We were touring kind of nonstop for consecutive, like, six years. And, and you know, and I guess, you know, we needed that break, but we're coming back together, which is kind of funny because, actually, we just toured last year, so it's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it's actually... So, but but now we're gonna do a tour actually in September till October, and then I, you know, I hope we start writing new music, you know, for for the forthcoming album. God, I love the Aristocrats. You guys are fantastic, just amazing. Oh, thank you, amazing live band. What's up with the that Alex Lifeson <laughs> album? I guess that that you're talking about. What what can you tell us about that? Well, you know, Alex has been playing already on my last album, which is called Borrego, and. Um, and he came up with great ideas. I just love, you know, how you know how his textures are and how his tones are, and you know what he what he just brings to to the songs. Just like the ideas, I always I've always loved loved his playing. And uh, now we started to do a thing together. Well, again, you know, like me as the main songwriter so far, but I would love to have you know some of his songs actually as well. And he writes songs, obviously, and I already played a few of his songs, and we recorded a bunch of them. So uh, I hope that we somehow can, you know, form like a music collective. Like, like there's this one song I wrote, um, which is called Lover's Calling, and um, Mohini Day is on bass, uh, Alex is on guitar, and, well, I play the rest, and we have like, you know, uh, 
Maya Wynn, which is like, you know, she's a great singer. And so, yeah, that came together very, very nicely, you know. But again, you know, that that we won't see, you know, until, you know, a few months ahead or something like that. Because first of all, I obviously like to concentrate on the Sea Within release and then uh, the Aristocrats kind of stuff, you know, so that we don't overwhelm, overwhelm the audiences. <laughs> right, right, right. I want to ask you about um, yeah. Cetriani. Are you going to be continuing with him as well at, at some point? Maybe. You never know. You know, I mean, see, with Joe, it's like a thing. I've been playing with him for, wow, four years or something like that. Yeah. And um, and he also played on my last record together with Alex, which was, which was fantastic. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, we sort of have other plans. You know, he's, he's, he's going... Uh, I think he is on the road again. He did like um, an album with uh, my God, who was I guess Glenn Hughes and and Chad Smith. And, right. But he went. He, he goes on the road also with a different band right now because he's uh, because the other guys are not available. See with Joe, it's like you know, it's the same thing what you have with the see with it right now, isn't it? You know, it's like always scheduling things and and uh, as you know, like with Joe, he goes through many lineups there's always like he always loves to try new things and kind of you know uh do stuff but you never know maybe we find each other again and, and, and do more things in the future you, you know it's it's one of yeah i don't just I don't sort of an open uh, uh, yeah no i get it uh and then you also yeah. have coming up uh next year you'll be with the sea within on the cruise to the edge have you done one of those cruises before never no never I'm actually curious, you know, to do it just because it's a cruise. I like that. You know, just the concept is great, you know. Well, have you been, and, on, uh, have you, have you been on a cruise uh, just like as a vacation before or also no? Oh, yeah, yeah no, I, yeah, I have done that, you know, yeah. just traveling from, you know, like when when you tour or something, you sometimes right, right. just go from Finland to Stockholm or, or Denmark to somewhere, you know, these kind of things, you know. Uh, yeah, we're doing that. But no, I never played those cruises, you know. I remember like, you know, a few years ago, when we were touring, uh, we would always make fun of that. You know, when we were touring with Stephen Wilson, like, ah, playing the cruises, always the aristocrats. It was like more like a bad thing to do. It was like, nah, let's not do that. But then all of a sudden, people started reporting back, you know, that it's actually really fun and really awesome. And it became a cool <laughs> thing to do. It so is. I've, I've been time, on a few of them. It is, it's a good time. I think you'll enjoy it. It's fun. It is fun. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And that's why that's why we said yes, and I wanted to kind of do it too. So, oh, that's um, cool. That's plus, awesome. okay. plus the name, Sea Within, Cruise to the Edge, it, it makes... Uh, right? Sea <laughs> Within, there you go. That's makes true. perfect sense. Thanks again for uh, giving me a few minutes. Always fun to talk to you, and uh, congrats on the album. Thank you so much, you know, and thanks for all your scheduling and all this. It's very, very comfortable and very cool. And, uh, yeah, see you soon somewhere. All right, man. Take it easy. Thank you. Bye. All right. Cheers, man. Bye. Thanks to Marco for the interview. You can pick up the new album by The Sea Within out June 22nd, available everywhere. We're going to play the second single off that album. This is Goodbye. For upcoming news and interviews, please check theprogreport.com, follow us on Facebook, at The Prog Report on Twitter, download the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and also on YouTube. Thanks.
face I'm at the bottom Looking for grace I'm the intruder Where I once was king All that I bring now Heartache and sadness Time to Say goodbye Time to Say goodbye Where am I going? Do I wanna know? Communication Breaks down and
wanna know 